well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be uh, focusing on what's going on in Illinois. Valinda Rowe from Illinois Carry will be with us. We'll talk about the sparse number of uh, Illinois residents who have registered their uh, prohibited weapons with the state of Illinois. Uh, plus, we've got uh, news about the Illinois State Police trying to uh, register ammunition. Yeah, Valinda's been doing some work uh, to uh, combat that governmental bureaucratic overreach. We'll uh, delve into that as well. And, uh, you know, again, <laughs> there's there's always something to talk about in Illinois. So uh, we have a lot to cover with Valinda. We'll get to that in just one moment. Before we do, Biden's America. It is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one after the other. America's working two jobs just to get by. Inflation, pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch meat next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-timing 5,000 winner, 2022 company of the year, thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free half-ounce silver Ronald Reagan coin. So don't wait. Call 855-412-3806 today. That's Gold Co. at 855-412-3806. And now, without any further ado, let's get to our conversation with Valinda Rowe of Illinois Carry. Take a look and a listen. Valinda, thanks so much for coming on the program. It's so good to see you today. Well, it's always great to talk with you, Cam. I, I wish the news was better, but this is Illinois we're talking about here, and they don't make life easy for you gun owners in Illinois. They don't. There's always some new new hook that comes right. up to try to, to snag us. Yeah, and 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 this um, gun and magazine ban that was signed into law by Governor Prisker earlier this year. Th- there are a lot of hooks uh, in that yes. legislation, right? For, for something that supposedly has a grandfather clause and oh, you existing gunners, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, you do. Uh, so we've got this registration deadline that is uh, coming up here. January is it January first? I believe it is. It's early January. Mm-hmm. So, so what? Who who is supposed to register what under okay. the, uh, the the gun the gun magazine ban? Right, that's the big question. So, the, so this ban has pretty much touched on almost all semi-automatics, shotguns, rifles, handguns, and if it doesn't touch on the uh, firearm itself, it touches on the magazine ban that goes along with it. And then there's the parts ban on top of that. So you have to, when you're trying to think, well, what I own, it, has it been banned? Do I Am I required to register this? You can't just look and see on the list, is my firearm listed? You have to really dig into it and see, is it banned because of the firearm? Or is it banned because of the magazine that it will take? Or the magazines themselves are banned? Or is it banned because of the parts, you know, that you, you have to register it because of the the parts and and some of the parts you know in firearms can be used on a lot of different things not just firearms so um the um Illinois State Police sent out a list and a flow chart this magnificent flow chart uh that if your firearm is this and it has this 
then you go over here. Is it banned? Yes or no. Well, does it have this or does it have that? And they sent that out to uh, FFLs and to their command centers and their officers. And so it's open to broad interpretation. So you might have law enforcement in your area that says, no, this you're fine. Go to another area and they might interpret it a different way. So it's a real catch-22. And um, now if you live in a, a county like myself where I've got a sheriff and a state's attorney who says, this is unconstitutional. Uh, if you're an otherwise law-abiding citizen, we're not getting into this. You know, prosecutorial discretion. Mm -hmm. uh, this is unconstitutional. We're going to wait for the courts to play out and so forth. So you're in pretty good shape. But if you live in Cook County or some of the other counties, you're really at risk. And um, the good news right now on that is um, the attorneys who are involved in challenging uh, the ban. And they're in the court system now. Uh, they're saying, well, there's a lot of moving parts. A lot can happen between now and January. And so, you know, people are having to decide, do we want to register our firearms? Do we want to store them out of state? Do we want to not comply? You know, in other states where there's um, firearm registrations, there's very low compliance rate. So a lot of decisions, but the attorneys are saying, well, just hold off. We've got time. Let's wait and see, you know, how this plays out and people shouldn't panic just yet. Yeah. So we have in the Seventh Circuit Appellate Court, we're waiting on a ruling where the case was heard for a preliminary injunction to halt this ban while it continues to make its way through the court system. Has the the merits of the case haven't really hadn't really been argued up to that point. Mm -hmm. Then on October 10th, there was another hearing in uh, the Southern District U.S. Federal Court before Judge McGlenn, the same judge that heard the case for the preliminary injunction. Um, there was a motion for summary judgment because the law is so vague, like I just told you. Who knows what is actually banned and what is not? There's no clear cut uh, way to tell uh, just what all exactly is banned. And we know for sure that there are some firearms that we, by the letter of the law, see are on the banned, would be on the banned list, but the Illinois State Police is not listing them. And there's some pretty common firearms. So, you know, if they're not even getting it all down correctly, how is it supposed to? on October 10th. So we're waiting on a ruling for the motion for summary judgment. Okay. And, you know, Judge McGlynn, I mean, the, the preliminary injunction that he granted was overturned, uh, restayed by yes. the uh, Seventh Circuit. But I got to say, I mean, he had a very thoughtful opinion. He seems to clearly get these issues. Um, so I, I'm, I, I, I don't know what the judge is going to do, but uh, I hope, and fingers crossed, yes. that they, he'll fingers grant that request for summary judgment. But he, um, he seems very informed on the issue. So he is, which is I mean, that alone is is helpful, right? Instead of having these judges who come up with all kinds of crazy arguments about why a magazine isn't protected by the Second Amendment or the only guns that are protected by the Second Amendment are handguns because those are the only ones that are really used in self-defense. We've seen some nutty some opinions come arguments. down. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. So I, I, understandably, uh, folks are uh, holding off on registering. I think I the last report I saw was something like an estimated 0.7% of impacted gun owners have registered uh, uh, their uh, firearms. Um, what's going on with ammunition tracking in the Illinois State Police? Because this okay. is a different issue. Okay. So there was nothing in the statute, in the law that was passed about registering uh, ammunition sales. Okay. Purchases. And um, it's 
uh, sometimes the Illinois State Police kind of get out ahead of themselves and they kind of project what it is they're wanting because they do these things um, it, and they just kind of pop up willy nilly, it seems like. So uh, a few weeks back, maybe a month or so, um, you know, we have in Illinois the firearm owner ID card. So you have to have that card in order to purchase ammunition. And to uh, purchase ammunition from an FFL, they have to look at the card. In the past, they would look at the card, they check your expiration date, you're good to go if it wasn't expired. Well, the Illinois State Police have removed the expiration dates from the FOID cards, um, the firearm owner ID card. So now you can't just look at the card and tell whether it's valid or not. So you have to either call in uh, if you're an FFL or an individual who's doing a firearm transfer to verify that the FOID card is valid. You have to put in the FOID number, the date of birth, and then it will pop up, yes, this card is valid or no, it's not. Well three or four weeks ago, it popped up for ammunition sales. Uh, you click on, is this for a firearm transfer or ammunition? Okay, so you click on ammunition and all of a sudden there's this drop-down box of all these different calibers that you have to click on. W what is this purchase for? So then they would have the FOID owner's number. They would have what ammunition they are purchasing. And so that is registering your ammunition purchases. Well, I'm thinking I'm getting notified from our members and, and people in general and FFL saying, what is going on with having to report the ammunition caliber? So um, I go back to the statute. I comb through it. I see nothing that provides for this. So it's not in the statute. Well, in Illinois, we have... Um, JCAR. It's the Joint Committee of Administrative Rules. And when an agency is tasked with implementing a law, they can develop rules that are implemented to fill in the details. You know, you have the statute, but then how is it going to be implemented? Right. I go through the rules that they have to be submitted to JCAR for approval. I comb through all of those and I see no place where they have submitted regular rules or emergency rules or amended rules. I see no place where they've gone back to the legislature for a change in the statute. I see nowhere that they have permission to do this. So I contacted them. I submitted an inquiry asking for a link to the statute or to the rules, a link to the rules submitted to JCAR for approval. And the response I got back was, well, we're we will review this, you know, thank you for right. we will review this. And a few days later, I get a, another email back from my inquiry. And it says, we have updated our, our website. And so I go look to the website. All those calibers are gone, except for 50 BMG, which it was banned with the firearm magazine and parts ban. They did ban the purchase of uh, the 50 BMG unless you are an exempted person. And so there's a place there to say, yes, this is for 50 BMG. And yes, this is the person's exemption. So uh, all the other calibers have, have been removed. But it just like somebody sent me a message, see something, say something. Right. You know, looks like it's wrong. We have to we have to step up and challenge them 
and, you know, claw back every bit of Second Amendment rights that we can and not just let them usurp power that they don't have. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and, there, and there are good folks there that you can work with, um, but it's the administration. It's we've got a governor that, you know, appoints the director of the ISP. And, you know, I, I think some of them feel beholden to the government more or the governor more than they do the Constitution. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, again, you know, what we what you just described is, I think, a perfect example of how gun owners can still go on offense, even in a state where the deck is stacked against you. Right. And as you say, it starts with somebody saying, hey, this isn't right. Reaching out to somebody like you or, you know, Illinois carry, and then you can get involved. You get to question the uh, the folks. Now, you're not going to they never told you why. They did this, no. right? And you're not no. you're not they gonna just, get the answer why, but you got results. Right. They, and they, I would I would rather be still be befuddled about how on earth they thought they could get away with this, uh, as long as they've um at least mostly rectified the situation. Um, because this is crazy. I mean, as you say, this was yeah. a backdoor registration, registration scheme of ammo sales, yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations and thank you for your activism, Valinda, and in, in calling them out and getting those results. What you know? What 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 am I missing? What have we not talked about in Illinois that uh, that gun owners, either in state or out around the country, need to know about what's going on there? Okay, we do have a, a new situation that's cropping up that we're keeping an eye on, looking for a pattern, uh, clear and present danger revocations of uh, Second Amendment rights, and uh, in the past. If uh, somebody's FOID card is revoked because of a clear and present danger report, and that's exactly what it is. It's a report. You don't get a hearing in court. You don't get adjudicated a clear and present danger. These are just someone files a complaint with uh, law enforcement. Uh, they turn the report into the Illinois State Police and your FOID card is revoked before you've ever even had a chance to even speak up for yourself. And in the past, um, if there, if you had in order to appeal the revocation, you could go and get a um, psychological evaluation, an in-depth psychological evaluation to show that you are not a clear and present danger. You would submit that mental health. Uh, well, you wouldn't, but this, the person doing this evaluation would submit it to the Illinois State Police saying, you know, you were determined not to be a clear and present danger to yourself or anybody else. And the FOID card would be reinstated. Well, now we have a FOID card review board that went into effect this last year. And the review board now gets all of this information and it has changed to whether you qualify or not. They have the legal responsibility to determine by a preponderance of the evidence, is this person a clear and present danger to themselves or others? And we are seeing people who have undergone this in-depth psychological evaluation, been giving a, given a clear bill of health. They are not a danger to themselves or others. And their appeals are being denied. Even oh, though really? they're cleared, you know, by this psychological evaluation. So um, we're watching this to see if there's a pattern. We would like anybody that this, that this has happened to, to contact me or contact the Second Amendment Foundation uh, they're uh, also, you know, keeping track of what goes on in Illinois. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, let us know what's going on. We'll get the details. And uh, my first thought is you've got a clear bill of health to continue to deny you your Second Amendment rights is unconstitutional. 
Uh, but the statute says the board has the right to do this. So we would have to challenge the statute or we would have to challenge the law enforcement agencies that are submitting these clear and present danger reports without investigation or without interviewing or without really substantial cause. Uh, when a, a officer goes to check out, investigate this clear and present danger report, if to me, if they walk away after that and give no indication that they're going to file a clear and present danger report on the individual, I mean, they're not notified that the report's going to be filed, um, then that person really can hardly be considered dangerous enough to be a clear and present danger. Yeah, I mean, that, it doesn't make sense. It's not it's not making sense to me. And if it doesn't make sense, just like the ammo registration, if it doesn't make sense, something is not right here. And we know, in my opinion, that any clear and present danger must that person must be given due process before that ever takes place. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Not confiscate, you know, your rights and then you have to fight to get them back. Yeah, I mean, th this is this is problematic on a couple of different levels. As you say, the lack of due process where you can have your rights revoked without even knowing uh, that right. this is taking place. You just place. get a letter in the mail or an email or, you know, it shows up on your FOID status. You have been revoked. That, that you know? I mean, that's an issue in and of itself. But but as you say, the. Uh, the, the, the lack of common sense here. Right. So I don't like red flag laws, but Illinois has one. Uh, you also, like every other state in the country, you've got a, a involuntary commitment law. You can, you know, a 72 hour mental health hold. The idea that, uh, you know, again, somebody calls and says, uh, Valinda's a danger to herself and others. And a officer comes out, talks to you for a couple of minutes, walks away, doesn't tell you he's filing this report or anything like that. They don't file a red flag happened. complaint. They don't they don't take you in for an involuntary commitment. No. You you go on about your life. And then yes, a couple of weeks later, you get this letter, this notification. Hey, you're a danger. Yes. Well, really? Because it's been and like three right. weeks and somebody talked to me saying I haven't done anything dangerous. I mean, as you say, this is using I don't want to call it a loophole because this is it's being it's, it's it's being exploited exactly the way it was supposed to. Right. But this right. is the to me anyway, this is exactly the type of arbitrary and capricious licensing of a right that the Supreme Court said was not acceptable in Bruin. This is may right. issue, basically. Uh, we yes. may choose to take away your right to keep and bear arms if we think without, again, any evidentiary hearing, without uh, rebuttal witnesses, without you being able to give your side of the story. We it's may still take away your right to keep and bear report. arms. Just yeah. an officer's report. And we've had cases where uh, the reports were four or five years ago, and they're just now getting around to revoking void cards from Good something Lord. that happened. They say, it's been five years since this happened, and I've not... I've not had any issues with law enforcement. I've not had any issues with anybody. And, um, you know, so that's kind of, uh, you know, mind blowing in itself. And we also have had situations where acquaintances or somebody with a grudge has filed a clear and present danger report on somebody and their police officers went and interviewed them. The individual that was in the report and didn't say anything other than thank you for your time left. They filed the clear and present danger report with the Illinois State Police. The gentleman gets notification his rights have been revoked and um, had to go to court to get them back. Unbelievable. Well, yes, please keep us up to date on what's going yeah. on with that. And again, if you 
if this has happened to you, if this has happened to someone you know, uh, please encourage them to uh, reach out to Illinois Carry or Second yeah. Amendment Foundation. Valinda, thank you as always for your activism. Great. It is so great catching up with you, uh, but I am so glad that Illinois gun owners have you uh, and yeah. other activists like you there who are you know, trying to keep the state on the straight and narrow as much as possible. It is a Herculean task, as you are well aware. <laughs> but um, please know that your, uh, your efforts are not going unnoticed uh, and unappreciated because there are definitely gun owners in Illinois and around the country who are cheering you on. And thank you very much. Thank you. you And thank you for what you do in helping get the word out about all of this. So, you know, your, your work is greatly appreciated as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. And like I said, it was so good catching up with you. It will not be so long next time uh, before we have you back, but uh, we'll talk again very soon. All right. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too, Valinda. Thank you. My thanks to Valinda for joining us here on the program. Looking forward to talking with her again in the very near future. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a case out of Edenton, North Carolina, where a man on probation allegedly crashed a carjacked vehicle while uh, fleeing from police in uh, Edenton over the weekend. Uh, according to authorities, Tamrick Hamer, now charged with robbery with a dangerous weapon, felony larceny of a motor vehicle, felony larceny of a firearm, two counts of being a felon in possession of a firearm, assault by pointing a gun, assault with a deadly weapon, felony fleeing to elude arrest, and other charges related to the incident. So yeah, a a litany of charges for Mr. Hamer. Police say that Hamer carjacked a vehicle that had two adults and two minors inside. This is around 10.50 Saturday morning. Uh, 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 deputies in uh, Chowan County spotted the vehicle heading towards Edenton a short time later. They say Hamer refused to stop. The uh, pursuit ended with Hamer crashing the vehicle in the uh, 20 block of Tiptoe Road. Uh, deputies from Chowan County and uh, Edenton police officers able to take him into custody. He is uh, now uh, behind bars on a $100,000 bond. Police say that Hamer was also under post-release probation at the time, although we don't know what the previous charge was. Again, we do know he's a convicted felon because he's facing two counts of being a convicted felon in possession of a firearm uh, while engaged in this unlawful activity. We'll see if we can find more uh, details about the uh, previous criminal history of uh, Tamara Kamer. I'll bring that to you in a, a future story. Uh, today's Armed Citizen Report from South Carolina. We've got our uh, recidivist report from North Carolina. We've got our uh, defensive gun use from South Carolina. No charges filed after upstate shooting Ruled self-defense. Thankfully, it did not take months and months for prosecutors and police to make this determination. The uh, shooting took place uh, a week ago. Lawrence County Sheriff's Office responded to a reported shooting in Graycourt, South Carolina. When they got there, they uh, talked to eyewitnesses, including the uh, the victim in this case, uh, and they learned that a uh, guy was behaving in a threatening manner towards the resident of the home. That suspect, David Dale Arrington, was allegedly threatening the resident with a weapon of his own. Aaron was told to leave the property. He refused to do so. According to uh, witnesses, he continued towards the resident and then tried to tackle him to the ground. Resident, in fear for his life, drew his firearm, fired in self-defense. Arrington passed away from his injuries at a nearby hospital. No charges, according to uh, uh, authorities, will be filed against the uh, resident again acting in lawful self-defense. Finally today, in the right place, at the right time, will unable to do the right thing. A 13-year-old in Iowa able to save his neighbor's life thanks to the Stop the Bleed training that he had received in school. 
You know, and I know that sometimes uh, gun control activists, you know, complain about this, right? Well, why are we teaching kids how to stop the bleeding? We need more gun control so that uh, kids don't ever have to know about this. Well, in this case, it wasn't a shooting that the uh, teen responded to. It was his neighbor who had gotten overturned. Weston Drake um, is uh, the neighbor of Pat Kernery. They both have their family farms in uh, Blockton, Iowa. Weston says we all help one another. It's kind of how it goes, I guess, in small towns around here. So Weston was on his tractor, rounds a corner, and he says, I saw the four-wheeler rolled over, and I saw Pat was kind of pinned under it. So she's on her ATV. It tips over. She can't get off or get out from underneath. Uh, Weston says that's when it stopped the bleed training service. He says that since I had that training, when I got Pat in the wreck, one thing paramedics said was always to stay calm and analyze the situation. Uh, Kernery, by the way, says, I thought if he goes up that other driveway and I'm left there, I probably would have lost my legs. She says it was a remote area, not easy to see. And it really was a case of being in the right place at the right time, but also being able to do the right thing. Kernery said, I think it's really important. I think it's wonderful that they teach stuff like that because people in a small town, a lot of times, will never call for help and they need help. If they have young people around that can help them, it's definitely a benefit. And so, again, in the right place at the right time with the education to save a life, Weston Drake there in uh, Blockton, Iowa, certainly uh, Pat Kernery's hero, and uh, I think a pretty good appellation. Today's hero of the day as well. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow, kicking around some of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. Of course, we do that at BearingArms.com as well. So I would encourage you to head over to the website periodically throughout the day. Get caught up on everything that's going on with your right to keep and bear arms. If you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. All you have to do, go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. Use that promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant saving on your VIP or VIP Gold membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support for the independent pro-segment of journalism that we're doing, we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. News stories and analysis that matter, just like your support. So thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, you know, well as you can on Monday. See you back here tomorrow for 2A Tuesday. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.